Recorded live at Toxin Tasting Studios, it's the Clerical Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. Let's go. From the Talks and Tasting Studios, this is the Clerical Errors Podcast. The Talks and Tasting Studio. I get so excited. <laughs> the Talks and Tasting Studios. This is the Clerical Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. I'm Bullhagen. This is Vicker. Peter's here. Hey, Pete. Uh, so, well, let's let's get on with the show. It's uh, one of those weeks. Yeah. Busy. I'm going to be gone this weekend. Peter's going to be gone. We need to get this done. <laughs> and here we are. How are you doing, Vicker? I'm doing quite well. So I just had our confirmation class. And so uh, that's always an inter- interesting thing to, to have and to teach kids new things and try your best to get them to pay attention to what you're teaching. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. What do you got there to drink? Ah, there, I there. have brought in a Shiner Holiday Cheer. And apparently this is from the, I'm going to pronounce it wrong, but the Spotsol Brewery in Shiner, Texas. And it is an ale brewed with peaches and pecans. You ever had it before? Well, I have actually, because I bought a six pack and this is not my first one out of the six pack. And I'm not a huge fan of the holiday. I like the I like the good old Shiner, the regular stuff. Oh, okay. I'm not sure if I've had a regular one. I think the the way I shop, this was probably on discount because the holidays are kind of in the rearview mirror. And it's like, okay, I'll buy this discounted beer. And I actually, I do like it. I already know that much. So, so the Lister Vicar can be kind of cheap sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's nobody's fault but mine. <laughs> like, I have plenty. But I just like to keep plenty. (laughs) And I'm gathering that Mrs. Vicker doesn't like it because she opened one, I think it was yesterday, and I saw half of it still in the refrigerator with one of those reusable toppers that you're supposed to use for wine bottles, but she'll put it in a beer bottle too. So I'm thinking the fact that she put it back. Yeah, I'm not not a holiday spice guy. Okay, yeah, that'll slow you down. It always tastes like potpourri for me. Mm -hmm. I agree. Oh, wow. So I I like it. I think I just like the novelty of it, which probably means... That once I drink this six pack, I won't want it again for a year. Can I have the opener? Yes, here's the opener. I've got uh, a uh, uh, cold uh, Coca-Cola. No, such a thing has never been done. Yes, in a bottle, (laughs) the little holiday Cokes. It is a really little one. That's true. Ice tastes better. I think it's the communion sized one. (laughs) What? Yeah. Wait, wait. We don't have... What are you talking about? <laughs> I, the communion-sized Coke? I don't, yeah. That's probably a thing somewhere, even if I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> okay, not here. No, no, certainly <laughs> I not. I just want to clarify. <laughs> I have not seen it, I said. Before I'm 80, 90, 87% of our audience passes out thinking that we served Coke for no, communion. We, <laughs> no. No, that's got to be a West Coast thing, although I haven't seen it there either. I have seen grape juice before. I have seen that. Ah, it's delicious. What do you have, Pete? I got good old water. I think if I drank anything that wasn't water, I would pass out. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm tired. <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, so, uh, Vicar, what are you preaching on? Ah, I'm preaching on this Sunday on the baptism of our Lord. And that's the account in Matthew chapter 3. It's relatively short. It's verses 13 through 17. All right. Shall I read it? Don't leave me waiting. Okay. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now. 
for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. All right. Um, so uh, I always like to, to, to take uh, the listener on the journey of sermon writing. Yeah. You want to talk about that a little bit? I really do. It was very interesting. So I started my kind of normal routine of drawing up kind of a, what do you call it? A brainstorming cloud chart with words and connecting. And it was very didactic and, oh, he was in Galilee and he came down to the Jordan, you know, and had it kind of laid out in my linear way of thinking. And then your supervisor. Yeah. And and he kind of blew it all up. It's like, (laughs) like he threw a bowling ball into the kiddie pool or something. So, um, and so, so, so much for that, like brainstorming exercise as far as the way it was going. And by the way, I don't know if dropping a bowling ball is the actual phrase in the kiddie pool. <laughs> Anyways, I think I invented that one. Okay. And, uh, I don't know. But at any rate, I use the bowling ball, bowl, bowling ball version of that. <laughs> you know, I have to tell a story before you get into this. Oh, yeah, you better do it. One of my the funniest confirmation class stories, catechism class stories, okay. is uh, um, uh, like right in the middle of class, someone st- stands up. He goes, Pastor, I need to be excused. Why do you need to be excused? He goes, I got to drop the kids off at the pool. (laughs) (laughs) Are you serious? Uh, Yes, very good. Uh, What these kids come up with. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, now with that, I will once again speak of the Holy Gospel. All right, there you go. (laughs) All right, so you came in and you told me, like, I want you to do a different exercise for this sermon, and it was... To skip the introduction, skip the context, and write a letter to a specific parishioner um, about this lesson and what I would say to that specific person uh, from the heart of this message, rather than my normal routine of wanting to place it in historical context and geography and 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 write a good intro and and then as I get to I've filled up like six and seven pages, and then I'm then I got to add the gospel in as quick as I can at the end before I run out of, run out of room and. Uh, so we wanted to curtail that tendency of mine. And and so I did. I wrote it as a letter. What is the comfort for a particular parishioner? And, and we named her. And I wrote a letter to her as the beginning of this sermon. And I got, you said to do two pages, and I got to about three pages uh, with still in that form of a letter to of comfort to a particular parishioner. And it made the challenging part of writing the sermon much, much easier, like, getting to the gospel and speaking and proclaiming the gospel in a way uh, that didn't just sound like a string of trite Christian statements put together, uh, but was a cohesive message to a specific person. So it was a really good exercise. And, and as you did it, you could you easily saw how, even though you wrote it for a specific person, how it, it would apply yeah. to everyone. It would. Yep, it does. Right, because I think we get to thinking so linear. I have to have this introduction. I have to have this part. I have to have this part. Right, and uh, I have to have this historical information without actually getting like what I like about it is you 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 get to the very heart of the sermon first. Right, and then everything else you write is in service to that. Right. In fact, like um, 
my manuscript starts with, you were baptized a long time ago. And at the time I wrote it, I thought, well, this is just what I'm writing right now for this letter. And then when I get done, I'm going to come back and I'm going to add an introduction, something along the lines of, uh, the sermon this morning is taken from our gospel reading, you know, something like that. But then after I did the exercise and wrote the letter and added some more about the cross at the end of the letter, well, which is now a sermon manuscript, I wrote about the cross and the compassion that Jesus had for us. Um, I didn't want to change the beginning, actually. I like the way it starts. I can look at the congregation and proclaim to them, you were baptized a long time ago, and yet your baptism has defined who you are ever since then. And so I'm keeping it like that. And, and one thing you notice, too, is is like if you're writing that letter to someone, you're going to stay to the point. Right. Right? You're, yes. You're, you're going you're, you're to be a kind of, okay, I got this letter. That I'm going to write what this person needs to hear. Boom, boom, boom. And I'm not going to like get off into this tangent or that tangent. Yeah. I'm going to, and I'm going to be able to say it clearly. And I'm going to hit all the points that I want to. And uh, now you're using all the things that you did in studying and understanding the text. Right. To do it. Yeah. And, and, uh, but to me, I, th- I thought it was going to be, it was a good exercise for you yeah. to do. Because, you know, me, I'm always looking to, to push you in a different yeah, direction all the time, right. right? Right. Like if I get like at all comfortable with doing anything, whether that's the way I'm writing a sermon or perhaps the amount of weight I'm lifting at the gym, then you got to push me to the next <laughs> level, I guess I'll call it. <laughs> and so, yep. In and out of the vicar office, that is the way you treat me. <laughs> so, so let, let, then let, let's talk specifically about the text. So some of, some of the things we talked about is, you know, I kind of... Because we're short on time, because I'm going to be gone, and you just preached. Right. Um, a lot of times, I just let you figure it out, and then I we come and talk about it. This today, this time, I just wanted. Okay, let's. Yeah. Let's uh, let's get this done, and let's let me get you headed in the right direction, so we can right. make this. You know, I think there's value in and and letting you struggle with it first. Right. No, I normally. think there is. I think there is. I mean, I, I've my my process has been up to this point to write too much and have too much of the mechanics of it, I suppose, showing still in the sermon, knowing I'm going to cut it back out. But it it felt like, well, no, I think this is just my process. I think I have to do it this way. And this exercise showed me that like, no, there are, there are other ways to do it. I think that the first way, the way I've been writing sermons, um, after you corrected me from writing papers for my professors and pretending they were sermons. So after you corrected that and this other way I've been writing recently, like up till now, uh, has been all right. I think there's some value, but, but it's not, uh, it's not, uh, efficient, I guess I'll say to write a whole bunch extra and then cut it back down. And you found this to be a more efficient way I, to write a sermon. I did, which surprised me because I thought instead it was going to be an extra, task that would stand separate from the actual sermon manuscript. Like, okay, well, I'm going to do this for my supervisor. I'm going to write this letter, but I I had my doubts that it could, that it would work as a manuscript for a sermon until I got about a half a page into it. And then I realized, no, this is actually a really good way to do this. This is a great way to approach this text and probably other texts. And I will say, I learned something too, is, is as I was you know, we were talking about this. I kind of realized this is kind of what I do a lot. Okay. Um, not that I, not necessarily someone specific, but like the part that you wrote, that's where my uh, my go to spot is first when okay. I'm thinking of of doing a sermon. And then yeah. I figure out, well, how am I going to get there? Yeah. Um, one thing I will say is uh, is since we're we're talking about this lesson out loud, mm-hmm. I will say 
that if you when you have someone in particular, okay, right, making don't do it with the law. <laughs> That's a good point, <laughs> <laughs> especially if you're in a small congregation because they're going to figure that out. <laughs> Uh, Does that make sense? Right. The sermon about don't double park or, you know, like. <laughs> yeah. There's only one guy that does that. <laughs> yeah. Don't be a Frank. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember there was a Simpsons episode where the title of the sermon was What Ned Did? <laughs> Ned Flanders, of course. <laughs> right. So it works for the gospel, but I, I would be careful doing that with, okay. a, with the law. Right. No, that makes sense. Right. Um because part of it is is when you talk about the specifics of the gospel, that usually always applies. Right. If you get to some of the specifics in the law, that's more nuanced because everyone struggles with different sins and different temptations. Right. You want to preach on everything, certainly, but if you make it in a personal way, that's going to come across. People might catch up on that. Does that make sense? Yeah, you know, and I think I've seen an example of that at one of the churches I've been to where— an example given in the sermon at least was taken by a person to be targeting themselves, and uh, and it, it caused an issue. So I have seen that happen. Now I don't know. To be fair, I don't know if the pastor meant that person at right. all, but they took it that way and, and felt quite. Well, well that, that it's kind of like preaching. I mean, there are issues you have to bring up, but it's kind of like when you you send in the the wisdom of of sending an email. Uh, like when you're angry. Yeah, right. Like if you're yeah. dealing with a specific issue that's bothering you and then you get into the pulpit, everyone's going to know what you're talking about. And that's to a reactive sermon. Um, it can almost be like a, a, a bad, like lack of a better a term, a bully pulpit where, mm-hmm. you know, where there could be personal issues that you should actually talk to them individually and get that worked out. Right. Rather than, the passive aggressive. I'm going to just put this in the sermon, mm-hmm. and hope they listen or something like that. Oh, you see that in the work, the secular workplace too, where oh, a particular person is doing a thing that's against policy. So now we're all sitting in a meeting to talk in general about the policy right. instead of just that one person having the you know being talked to. So yeah, you see that. Right. But I, I do like the fact that um, you're you're getting that that. Getting to the heart of the matter and and, yeah. and and making that focal point the point. Yeah. And and really that point is that in the baptism of our Lord, we see what happens in every baptism. And uh, that's just an outsta- outstanding way to look at it. Uh, if I if I say so myself, I think you probably pushed me in that direction, which is which is good. Uh, I might have. You might have. <laughs> so I can't pretend I came up with that. But it's really amazing way to look at it because uh, he's baptized. It's really just the two verses. Then now you're just down to verses sixteen and seventeen that he came up out of the water, and what happened? Behold, the heavens were opened, and in every baptism the heavens now stand open to the person who was baptized. And he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And in every baptism, the Holy spirit comes to the person and gives them life by, by the power of the word. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it gives them life and it gives them the ability to receive strength and faith through the word of God. And we find that in our baptisms, we have become children of God that please him which we could not do before without, without the covering of the righteousness of Christ, which we put on like a bright white robe in our baptism. We could not be pleasing to God because when God looks at us, he sees the righteousness of Christ 
mm-hmm. whom he is well pleased. And so we've been adopted and now we are children of God that he finds pleasing. And but that's something John understood because he did. John said, I need to be baptized by by you. Yeah. And he you. wasn't incorrect. That was a that was a good observation, actually. You know. Uh, but uh, yeah, because John knew he was a sinner that needed to be baptized, knew that Jesus was not a sinner, and that Jesus didn't need baptized for himself. He was there, it turned out, to be baptized for us. And then you you also have from Jesus uh yeah, it's kind of like uh, our show is, you know, show you what's behind the collar. Yeah. Right? Well, this is kind of the same. Shows you what's behind, you know, uh, in a much greater way, what's happening behind the scenes of a baptism. This is, yeah. you know, uh, you get to look inside of what baptism really is. Real talk. It's interesting how, how often this text is preached and, in, and how often it's not a baptism sermon. It's just mm. about... Christ, but right, I, I you know I, I don't know how you can separate them. I mean, right. it's a so so you have heaven, like you said, heaven opening. You have yes. Jesus explaining this is to fulfill all righteousness. Right. Well, what is baptism then? Well, we see it's the fulfillment of righteousness. It's right. you know we also talked about a little bit that uh, when you, you talk about the baptism of Jesus and baptism in general, because of what you talked about. Um, really, to see this text, this is a text where you can really understand and see who God is. Yes. You can see, one, we have the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Right. Very clear. You have the Word uh, entering the water. You know, our baptism is water and the Word. You have um, the God being pleased uh, that his son is doing this on our behalf. Right. God is pleased to offer up his son. He is pleased to join sinners. He is pleased to, in the forgiveness of sins. His, at the very heart, as sinners are being gathered together to be baptized Yeah. Uh, by John in preparation for the Lord. Now the Lord is there. It's right there. It, you see the heart of how how he desires to, to hear repentance how he desires to forgive, how he desires to give up his son for your sake, how he desires to join us in the wilderness. All So and you see the Holy Spirit proceeding from the Father and the Son. Right. You have Jesus being anointed by the Holy Spirit to show the very nature of God is he's anointed to give us God's word. It's almost like a Pentecost in a way, on a much yeah. grander scale. Right. You know, and Jesus doesn't preach until he receives uh, the call. That's right. Um, all of those things you see in this passage, the, the very nature and the heart of God and a very clear representation of one God, three persons, uh, three persons, one divine essence, and it all working for the salvation and how that all works to deliver that to the sinner. And so to understand what is going on and understand baptism is to understand God, to yeah. understand the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, all working to bring a sinner back to him and to build a kingdom. It, it's, it's, you know, a lot of times we, we debate about baptism and what is it and what isn't and, you know, yeah. is it really bring salvation? And, and ultimately, I think a lot of those discussions have to do about um, who God is. Hmm. Okay. Um, and uh, how he works 
because it is in the baptism of Jesus where it's on full display. You know, who right. Jesus is. God and man. This is my son, and he's a man in the water. And uh, how he is righteousness, and he gives up that righteousness for sinners. Um, how he identifies with sinners. Uh, how he uses physical means yeah. to show his love. He does. And uh, and how it it carries a promise of God, where I'm I'm a child of God because God said so in the waters of baptism. He made a promise. That's all understanding God in a certain way, driven by this text which ties understanding who God is, what he does, who Jesus is, what he does, who the Holy Spirit is, what he does, and place it all in context of baptism in the sinner. And so we often, the same thing goes with just infant baptism as well. You know, when you have an argument with infant baptism, a lot of people think it's just an argument of whether one a child should be baptized or not. No, 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 no. Hmm. It's not. It's also an argument about salvation by grace alone. It is a hmm. uh, discussion mm-hmm. of what is faith. It is a discussion of what is our part in salvation. How is it that we receive the kingdom of God as a little child? I haven't done anything yet. Yeah. I haven't made a decision to follow him. Oh, right. All those things... People think, oh, it's just a discussion on baptism, which is probably how you thought about it before you became a Lutheran. Yeah. Now you see, well, it's way more than that. Right. It's way more than that. It's like, oh, yeah, we're all the same. We just agree, disagree on baptism. That That's impossible. <laughs> right. It's like saying we agree on everything. Uh, we just differ on the Lord's Supper. That is impo- impossible. Yeah. You know, uh, how you understand baptism reflects how you understand God, how you understand how he works, how you understand how he, how he brings salvation, how you, you understand how he came to be the greatest of servants, how you understand how Christ came to win for himself a bride, all those things. Yeah. Yeah. I know uh, as I was first becoming Lutheran uh, and started attending Lutheran churches, so Pastor Vincent, who was on our show a few weeks ago, uh, one of the first things he told me about baptism, as I asked those kind of evangelical questions, why are you baptizing babies and so forth, was, you know, he pointed to circumcision. You know, the, the babies that were circumcised, they weren't at the age of accountability. I mean, they were brought into the people of God as babies. They they not waiting till some particular thing. And And I like what you said about how it points to, are we saved by grace alone or not? You know, does did God act to save us or did we do something for it? Well, of course we didn't. Well, a baby can be saved then by grace alone, just like anybody and can. And the baby can have faith. Yeah, because the Holy Spirit gives us faith. So, 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 yeah, so when we look at this text, all those things really come to play. And and what you did is you took all that information mm-hmm. and then you do, delivered it right to a particular need uh, that really... I, you know, I knew as you wrote that letter, it, w- it would apply to everyone. Right. Right. The comfort of the gospel applies to everyone, but by having somebody in mind, it sharpened my focus and my ability to proclaim the gospel, and and it prevented me from wandering into, like, interesting theological tangents, which I'm The other like thing is, 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 what I liked about that exercise is, is, if I'm honest— you know, I've talked to you many times about looking at a text and saying, how can I preach the gospel? Because yeah. we like to think, oh, how am I going to preach the law and then address that? Right. Right? 
I think this, and and I I still think in the back of my mind you still struggled with that concept. Yeah, yeah. Uh, am I wrong? Well, I mean, the seminary provides us with tools to get started, and they teach us you address the law and then the gospel, and we. I think that was fair to get us started, mm-hmm. you know, and so that's how we show up as vicars, as somebody who's been instructed to have an outline and start with the law and have enough percentage right. of the gospel. You know, and so all let's that. say your, your gospel part, you know, even I don't like to kind of look like it's just anyways, because I think we can be so structured that, you know, a law gospel sermon doesn't necessarily mean, okay, I've preached law half the time, now I'm going to preach gospel <laughs> half the time. Okay. I actually remember as a vicar. Okay. This is true. Yeah. I remember as a vicar, uh, the, the supervisors told me, okay, your sermon should be about 1500 words. And I would literally like, okay, I'm almost at 750. I can start pre- writing gospel stuff now. Yeah. And, and I do think there's a little bit of validity to it when you've got brand new seminarians sure. writing their yeah. first sermons. Like, let's start off with like a highly structured way of doing it so that so that right. you start approaching what they but, ought to be. But the thing is with that, you know, w- what you did, let's say that was you wanted to make that the gospel section, even if you follow that, right. that exact boom, 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 right? Right. Then your law, you have the gospel. You can take the law aspect and you can fit it just for the sake of bringing them to the gospel. Right. You're not bringing the gospel for the sake of answering the law section. Right. You are writing the law section to lead you to hammer home the gospel point that they can understand. There's a big difference, in my mind, in that. Yeah. And how you prepare a sermon. Um, And and so uh, that that actually makes your law, uh, I think, can hit home. Even right. more strongly, yeah, because because you're tailoring it to get them to understand that gospel section, right? And it upended my normal linear way of thinking. Like, okay, I'm starting at the beginning and I'm working my way towards the ending. Oh, oops, I've written seventy five percent of a sermon or longer, and it's getting too long, and I've got a lot written, and now I need to start addressing the gospel, which is important. Absolutely, want to proclaim the gospel. But then it was like, okay, how do I make the gospel fit into the length and into all of this preamble that I've already written, you know? And so then I would have to do a lot of heavy redacting and cutting things out to make things fit. And then, but I mean, again, I don't despise my earlier sermons, but I found this exercise to be very helpful and gave me greater focus and just a new, interesting and good way to write a sermon. So I, I appreciated the exercise. It was very daunting at first. Oh, change the way you've been doing things. You know how much I love that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right. And, 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 and to be fair, you know, probably in a couple of months, we'll have another. Oh, yeah. I'm sure you have another bowling ball in the kiddie pool. Yeah. You're probably one of those. <laughs> like, you, probably, I, I don't doubt that you have a couple more surprises for me along the way. <laughs> and by the way, a lot of these are new. Like, you know, I, you know, every vicar has oh. different needs and, you know. So the oh, next this guy is, this is something I've never done before. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't realize it that. It wasn't necessarily like I grabbed a tool from my... Oh. <laughs> I bet the next vicar, you're like, okay, I want you to write a sermon and I want you to start at the very beginning and write it linearly because that's not what they're doing. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I need to start with 750 words of right, law. Right, of law. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. 
Uh, there was a time where I, I told a vicar, you need more gospel. And he said, what do you mean? Hmm. Like, this is all gospel. And so I, I gave him a highlighter. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> and I had a highlight law on gospel. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to need some work on this. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting, huh? Like, we, we don't see our own blind spots or they wouldn't be blind spots. <laughs> well, I'm just, I, like, my blind spot is, uh, like, like if I sit on it, I'm not a – when I write – I'm sure that our secretary some wonder sometimes how I even got through school <laughs> because I can read something that reads perfectly in my head and then it, it, it comes out on paper and it's like run on sentences and things oh, that yeah. don't make sense that I read in my head perfectly. <laughs> yeah, that's a good place for it in your head. <laughs> so, um, so, uh, I have a top 12 list. How are we doing on time? I'm not super confident about my list. We're at like 30 minutes. Okay. Mm. All right. I'm okay with a short one. That's Yeah. So is that enough law? Now we can move on to the gospel of the top 12? <laughs> <laughs> yes. The first six will be law-oriented. There you go. And the next six will be gospel-oriented. Gospel That's it. Yeah. <laughs> and of the six gospel, like three of them have to be Christ crucified. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, well, I was thinking a little bit about weddings because uh, that's where I'm going to be. Uh, Peter's going to, and I, and the Bullhagen crew are going to a wedding. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you knew this, Peter. This is, you You went uh, number one's ordination, right? Yeah. We were at the same church, right? Yeah. Yeah. This, the wedding's going to be at the same church. So. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's a nice church too. Yeah, you know, yeah. I don't have to bring robes. The pastor said, "Oh yeah, we, you know, don't bring a robe. We have some really nice ones, <laughs> not like the one you have. <laughs> we don't want you to bring those Iowa robes. You oh, know? don't do it. <laughs> That's pretty good. And we have like matching everything. So it's just yeah, just just bring yourself. Does he know how tall you are? <laughs> yeah, he said we have we have all the sizes. Okay, for anybody who wants to come, like okay, so you just have random. Catholic and surpluses for everybody. That's like whoever comes. Huh. I'm like, but have you seen my pythons? <laughs> yeah, you might want to get in a Zoom meeting and like show off. And <laughs> yeah, well, well, because at the rehearsals, oh yeah, you can, well, you can, uh, we'll, we'll get you fitted at the rehearsal. Like, uh, okay, so wow. of course I'm gonna start like four sizes too small. Yeah, I don't know if this is gonna right. work. You can pull like an Incredible Hulk and flex and rip up out of it. <laughs> Um, yeah, that, that was, uh, Peter, do you remember the, that was, uh, the one, the ordination that we went to, um, where, uh, I knew, uh, he was going to, for the ordination, lay flat. Really? Like lay down prone on the, on yes. the ground? Okay. Yes. Yes. I'm always nervous. I, you're laying prostrate. Okay. Yeah. That's the word I was looking for. Yes. <laughs> right. As, as I hear all the time. Yeah. You know. I have prostrate issues. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> that's an Iowa thing, I think. I think so. <laughs> but uh, but I, I remember when I, when I told you guys to prepare you. It's kind of a dated reference now. Hmm. Oh, yeah. You said he was going to plank for Jesus. <laughs> Close. I said something like that. I said he was going to, it's going to look like he's planking. Yeah. But in his heart, he's Tebowing. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's like a dated reference followed by an even 
older dated reference. That's no, that was about at the time. Five. At the time, was there, we're planking and Tebow at the same time. Yeah. Okay. All right. Because like good. you, you would you, you could plank, and then the Tebow wing was the same time where people would make videos of them like just randomly, right? right. Taking the pose, the Tebow right. pose, right on. Well, now I'm gonna have and to like do some and research. And all of you kids were like, okay, <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> makes sense. Oh goodness. Yeah, I think one of my friends, Vicar friends, like that he went through a pretty interesting ritual to be. Uh, uh, to be a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It was the first thing that happened to me on August 14th. Uh, installed? Installed. And his installation ritual in, involved laying down prostrate like that, apparently. Maybe it's so. the same place. I think they get a vicar. Oh, is it? Are you going, well, should I say it? Or are we trying to keep the secret? Well, we're, we're going to Illinois. Okay, it's different. Northern Illinois. It's different. Okay. But who knows? Oh, maybe after we're not recording. No, we'll see that. Yeah, I don't know what I think because, because like it's not Northern Maybe it's just like that. Would you know? It'd be really funny. Mm-mm. Like if they they really didn't do that. It's, it was just like, oh, <laughs> watch what we did to this vicar. <laughs> oh man, Peter, you look exhausted. Should I, sh- should I be cutting something something of of this out? Like this is so clunky. <laughs> um, now just keep it. Just add your words that this is so clunky. Then yeah, okay, this sure. is so clunky. We need to get we need to get this out. You need to not have to edit so much. Just add the real talk. Uh, it's fine, man. I'll, I'll I'm gonna get it done tonight. It's gonna be okay. It's gonna be great. Yeah. Okay. So at a wedding, so I thought, hmm, you know, there's something that that's a lost art in weddings that people don't ask for in weddings anymore. Hmm. I don't know why. They don't ask for hymns. That often. Oh, okay. Right? I guess not. Usually they have like a solo singer or something like that, you know. Right. Or they, or they play something off of a CD or, or an now, MP3, I guess. Maybe, maybe we're, we're you. Uh... <laughs> well, they were with their own vows and stuff where I was at. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, I love the writing your own vows because a lot of times the, the vows are, aren't actually wedding vows. I Yeah, and they're totally... Not memorable. It's not like I could right. like quote one of them to you right, right. now. <laughs> Why are you getting divorced? Because he promised in his wedding vows to not leave the toilet seat up. And For, he did. Uh, yeah, and then he did. And you broke your wedding vows. You vowed not to do that. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's why where television shows have ruined weddings. Television shows movies. Yeah. Anyways. Have you been watching the Hallmark holiday movies again? Is that what's going on? No. <laughs> but so I have a list of this is what happened, okay? So I was going to um have a list of top twelve wedding hymns that would be great to sing at weddings. Oh, okay. Um and uh I knew I knew that uh there'll be some really good ones in in TLH, the old hymnal, that aren't gonna yeah. be in LSB. So I started there. Okay. And I never got out of it because I was running out of time and I didn't want to cross-reference, <laughs> is this one in the new hymnal yeah, or not? right. So what I did is I made a top uh, list. <laughs> a top list. Top 12. Uh, well, I don't it's know if I have 12. List. Yeah. Let's not be so specific. He's writing his own vows right now. <laughs> of, of hymns uh, that would be great at a wedding from TLH. Because if you think about it, like... If the couple says, yes, they go to their pastor, these are the hymns we want from TLH, hmm. right? Yeah. Don't you think that that marriage is almost fail-safe? 
because the hymnals from the 1940s. Well, yeah, like, <laughs> well, no, because think about it. Like, they are willing, right, to set aside all that garbage. Yeah. And they'll say, we want the meat. We want the good stuff, right? I think it's getting it off on the right foot, starting off on the right foot. <laughs> I guarantee you, if, if, if the couple comes to the pastor and says, we want these hymns from the Lutheran hymnal for our wedding, I, th- I feel good about that marriage. I, I'd feel like that that couple was very old or perhaps old at heart. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I can tell you, uh, Pastor Berg is way younger than you. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not way younger. Come on now. <laughs> I don't know. He would talk with Peter about video games, and I would be way over my head. But then again, you could do that too. I, I am a video game talker. That's I can true. talk about Angry Birds all day. Bejeweled. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Right on. What an interesting topic, bejeweled. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so... Um, uh, there actually is a hymnal right up there. You can, I'll give the, I only wrote, I was running out of time. I wrote numbers. So you are going to find. I can find the, the titles, I guess, with my copy of the TLH here. Peter, do I have to come up with 12 or can I just do the ones I have? You can just do the ones you have. Excellent. Okay. So would it be helpful? Should we just go backwards? Can we start with one and then when I'm done, I'm done? Sure. If you want. All right. And then just play the whole thing backwards. <laughs> and when you play this, what happens when you play this episode backwards? Um, it probably has a satanic message. Oh. Yeah, that's what happened in the that 80s. Is your, that is your generation. <laughs> <laughs> and number one. Um, I didn't have the number. I didn't look this up, but I knew it was in there. Okay. The number one hymn, I think... You could should could and should sing at a wedding is a mighty fortress. Okay, I'll see if I can find it. <laughs> In case anybody wants the page, no, number. you don't have to look that up, Vicar. Oh, I don't have to look that up. Okay. Right? Why? All right. So, so Vicar, why would you think a mighty fortress would be a good wedding hymn? I'm thinking because. The world is full of devils. Mm. Oh, 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 no, I think I got it because even it says it lost the child, fortune, fame, and wife. Will all you're... these be gone? Yeah, though all these be gone, the victories has been won. Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. Great. Um, the reason why is, is, uh, is when you think of all the challenges that a marriage faces, Right? And all the challenges that the institution of marriage faces. Oh, yeah. uh, what a statement in the midst of all that. It's like to begin a marriage by singing, A mighty fortress is our God. I think about what that means as a couple, as a husband and wife, as the leaders of a home, a whole beginning together, um, of, of how. You understand what marriage is. And, and what I like about the, what you said, what the hymn says, and take they are life, goods, fame, child, and wife. Those, right. These all be gone. What you're actually saying is that there is this great bond of marriage, but there's something even greater and more important. Yeah. Like even if you are taken away from me, 
the, the most important thing is what we have in Christ, mm. what we have in his word. And our, our marriage is um, really, uh, a marriage is something that is used for the purpose of the kingdom of God, of, of Christ and his work. Yeah. It places marriage for the sake of the church and understanding these for, are you burping a little bit? I, right? I know. I'm trying to get away from the microphone this time. <laughs> I think I'm accomplishing it. I gave you PTSD from the last episode. Well, right. Because last time we had to talk about it and I thought, well, I never want that to happen again. And so here we are talking about it again. <laughs> Number two. Number two. Now, so a lot of these are not ones that you might expect. Right? Okay. Yeah. But I think for all the saints... Okay. Would be a great one. That's 403. Oh, I was trying to find it, but I guess you're going to just tell me where to look. Right? So why, why, Vicar, do you think For All the Saints would be a great wedding hymn? Do you know that one? I do know it. It's usually an All Saints Day hymn. And it is not found at page 403, by the way. Okay, the reason why I think this is good is is it is obviously an All Saints sermon, right? Yeah. It is, when you think of how is heaven described by Christ? Mansions? Is that what you're thinking of? Uh, a wedding feast. Oh, well, yes, of course. Right? It, 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 it is a mirror of what is happening, the glory of a wedding feast, and the ties the glory of the wedding and the wedding feast to the glory of the eternal wedding feast. It brings those two joys together as God's word brings those things together. It, it talks about, it sings of the bride uh, coming home, the greatest symbol and the, the, the image of what marriage is when a husband brings in his wife. Right. Uh, uh, clothed in white robes. So... Do you find anything there that, that hits you as you're looking at it? Yeah, I'm looking through it now. Uh, it's on 463, by the way. Oh, my uh, bad. I, yeah, that's okay. And so where is it? You said the white robes. I think I found that. Then I looked away. It's um, the saints triumphant rise in bright array. The king of glory passes on his way. Alleluia, alleluia. I mean, why wouldn't you want to sing of the eternal feast at a, at a wedding? I think, to me, also when you think of this, one thing that happens at weddings is people think of those who can't be there. I was wondering if I remember to call my wife, let her know I was recording. Oh, speaking of weddings and brides and <laughs> vows. Oh, look, I did send it. No, I didn't. Oh, why do I do that? Oh, no. Would you type it but not hit go? Yeah, I do that all the time. <laughs> uh. I used to go to the printer and stand there and stare at the printer. <laughs> here, here I am waxing poetically yeah, on wedding, wedding, marriage, yeah. and the bride, and oh, oh, what a one! And then I like my wife thinks I'm dead somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> but she knows that she will see you on the other side, and so she's only a little sad. Right. <laughs> Probably right. doesn't work that way. You want to text her? 
Peter, make sure she got you that. Me to text her? Never mind. <laughs> I'm trying to reduce. I think that'll get you in bigger trouble. All right. You want me to have Heather text her? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. No, let me text Heather. Yeah. And then, and then Heather can text. You text Vicar to text Heather to. Yeah, yeah. To text okay. Julie to text right. you. I'll, I'll actually, uh, I'll text her, the secretary. Oh, yeah. And then. <laughs> that way you can be distanced from this this error. <laughs> no, literally, I had it typed out. I said I okay, and then I looked at it. Do you know? So I just hit one button. Yeah, I did see that. Yep. So it was it's it's recorded. I have a witness. Yeah, I didn't forget. I just forgot to hit send. Right. Okay. So I think that I believe that for you, you go to a wedding. A lot of times, you think of those who are not there. Right. Like when uh, at our wedding. Uh, uh, my wife's father died the year before we got married. Yeah. Do you think that was on their mind? Oh, it had to be, because usually, of course, right. the, the father gives away the bride right. in a traditional so, wedding. So think of, uh, for all the saints in the context of a wedding, I think. I, I Especially with a lot of these, you have people there, some people haven't been in church in a long time. I mean, this is a chance right. to really nail some of these points home. Like yeah. This. And, uh, you know... Um, this is why uh, um, when I think of uh, a lot of the, the readings even we have, you know, you know, I would say most weddings we do the, the first Corinthians 13, you know, oh, the love chapter, the love chapter, the love chapter like that to the tune of the right. love boat. And it's great. Like, <laughs> it's great. But I, I don't know. Maybe as I get old, I think more of these themes are, are more important because like how can you understand love without understanding like things like the eternal kingdom of god yeah and the forgiveness that you have right and the fact that he is your fortress a mighty fortress that you enter you know all those themes uh we just want to cut to the love you know right and sacrifice is a huge part of the the love of God and it's should be a huge part of, of, of being married. Right. And so right. now like, I'm wondering if there will come up a hymn that has to do with sacrifice. I hope there is. <laughs> yes, there may be. Okay. You'll find out. <laughs> Number three. Number 620. Some of them I wrote the, the, the hymn number and some I wrote the title. <laughs> Whatever was fitting at the moment. Yeah. Okay. So 620. The Christian home. Right, oh, why don't you sorry, go ahead and read right. the first a, verse. Lord who at Cana's wedding feast, mm-hmm. I think is actually the title. It's in the section of the hymnal called The Christian Home. All right, uh, go ahead and read that. Okay. Lord who at Cana's wedding feast didst as a guest appear, thou dearer far than earthly guest, vouchsafe thy presence here. For holy thou indeed dost prove the marriage vow to be. Proclaiming it a type of love between the church and thee. That's kind of right on the nose. Right. That's brilliant. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, there you go. I don't even think I knew this hymn at all. Like, it doesn't strike me as familiar. It looks like it's... Trying to see who wrote it here. Do you Um, want to see if that's an LSB or not? Yeah, let's see. I think I got an LSB right here. Maybe we can have a... Yeah, see. See there. And I wonder if in the LSB it has such King James styled English or not, if it is in here at all. It's in actually in Jive. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a dated comedy That's reference. That's very dated. I love it. I, what is that? From 1968? Uh, is that how old that No, movie? Airplane? No, airplane? that was from like... Okay. We, either like 79. Was it 70s? Yeah, I must have a different movie in mind. I thought it was maybe even older. All those disaster movies when I was a kid. That was yeah, one of look those. it up. Come on. Well, you're just getting tired. <laughs> All right, I'm looking it up. So I'm looking for Lord Who at Canaan's Wedding. No, it doesn't seem to be in the LSB. Just do a quick check on the author. Maybe you do author, because it could be the... Thrupp. T-H-R-U-P-P. No, there is no Thrupp listed. All right. So I think it's not How can you leave that one out? I don't know. Can you sing it? Do you know it? I don't know the tune. Oh, okay. I didn't I look at it. I was looking at the words. That's okay. It doesn't That's matter. I mean, it, to be honest, it even says marriage up here at the top right corner of the of the TLH. So this is the Christian home category of hymns with mm-hmm. the subcategory of marriage. I like that. Read the second verse for me. Okay. This holy vow that man can make, the golden thread in life, the bond that none may dare to break, that bindeth man and wife, which blessed by thee, whate'er betides, no evil shall destroy, through careworn days each care divides, and doubles every joy. Okay, so the cares are divided, which makes them smaller, but the joy is doubled, which makes it yeah. bigger. I like it. It's mathematical. I want to hear, that's a good, I want to hear the third verse, Vicar. Okay, let's How go. How many verses are there? There's three of uh, verses, yep, so here's the third on those who now before thee kneel, O Lord, thy blessing pour, that each may wake the other's zeal to love thee more and more. O grant them here in peace to live, in purity and love, and this world leaving to receive a crown of life above. Amen. All right. So what I like about that, that last verse is uh, this. Is look at how it understands marriage. That ultimately, like we've talked about before, faith is the issue, right? Mm-hmm. That you're there to help the faith of your spouse grow stronger, right? That that's not a concept that that's a concept very few people know and understand. It seems to me to be one that has even come personally to me much later in my marriage than it ought to have. I'll just you know, self-revealing, I suppose, but. But I, f- I find it very moving to talk about this, to be honest, because um, I have a very faithful wife, and um, it seemed later in my marriage that I took my role as a as the spiritual head to very seriously, and uh, so this is a, this is a very good hymn. It should be at it should be at a wedding. What number was that? That was six two zero in the TLH six hundred and twenty. That's not what he was asking. Sorry, it was I believe was that four three. Three, maybe? I don't know if we're falling three. down on that. I think it's three. It's not in the order that you're reading them in on your piece of paper? Come on. How long have I, how, how long have I been your supervisor? Yeah, that's right. He doesn't really think or write linearly, it turns out. Yeah, I'm not a linear. Although, you know, I am very skilled in organ- when it comes to like uh, building a speaker. Yeah. Right, right Peter? Yeah. Then it's mm-hmm. very straightforward as yeah. what I've heard. <laughs> Where... Literally, this whole speaker process got started by me trying to buy a replacement tweeter for my speaker. Oh, yeah. And it wound up me buying four tweeters and four speakers <laughs> and d- design a crossover. Yeah. Just keep going. By the way, Peter, I have a table downstairs. 
in the, th- the room that will be the theater where I can work on the, not having to do it downstairs. Like nice. a whole half of the basement. It's like, this is going to be where it's going to be. And I have just a little corner with your stuff. Proud of you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I am that man. So, number four. Uh, next, 862. Number 862, which happens to be number four. Except this book does not go anywhere. Oh, into 562. The... There we go. That sounds more like something I can find. No, 556. I think I might have dyslexia. Okay, well, if Wait it is... Wait a minute. 556 is Oh God Be With Us. That was probably it. Yep. That's the one most likely? Yes. <laughs> okay. For what it's worth, it's in the category of evening hymns. That, that's it. That's it. Mm-hmm. Okay. O God, be with us, for the night is falling. For thy protection, we to thee are calling. Beneath thy shadow, to our rest, we yield us. Thou, Lord, wilt shield us. That's how the first stanza goes. So so this is a a hymn that really, in the context of marriage, and for everyone there, is asking for God's protection on them. And now, although it's an evening hymn, well, a lot of... Weddings may happen in the late afternoon or evening anyways. Oh, yeah. And a lot of honeymoons take place in the evening. There you go. <laughs> That's right. That's when you want to sing this hymn. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next verse. Okay. May evil fancies flee away before us. Till morning cometh, watch, O Father, o'er us. In soul and body, thou from harm defend us. Thine angels send us. So you see how that, that works for a wedding? Yeah, I think so. Like, you know, an idea of Because being... you're, you're, in a sense, beginning this new life together, and you're asking, as you turn this page into, you know, being husband and wife of, of God's protection and watching over you. And uh, especially, you know, when I was writing this list, I was thinking of how just the institution of marriage is in darkness right now. It is. You know? Trying to be redefined by people who prefer their preferences over the truth so so yeah um what i'm going to do peter is we're just going to do six and then the next episode i'll do the other six Uh, okay if that's why you want to do it sure yeah number five six twenty six oh happy home where thou art loved most dearly and this is under the heading of hymns called the family All right, go ahead and read the first verse. All right. O happy home where thou art loved most dearly, thou faithful friend and savior full of grace, and where among the guests there never cometh one who can hold such high and honored place. I think it keeps going on to the next page. O happy home where all in heart united, in holy faith and blessed hope are one, whom bitter death a little while divideth, yet cannot end the union here begun. Oh, that's brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. That's just brilliant. Yeah. What what, what do you like about it, Vicar? That the recognition that death is in separation, that that death causes is temporary for believers, that Mm -hmm. we will be reunited in heaven. I mean, when I got to say, when I was young, there was a really popular Christian uh, song on the radio where the Christian radio stations, and it never really hit me till later what it was talking about. But it's called "Friends Are 
that was the name of it actually was Friends by Michael W. Smith. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we all heard it way too many times, but it says something very true and echoes this. Friends are friends forever. Oh, yeah. If the Lord is Lord of them. When I was at the youth group, I used that song a lot to get hugs from girls. (laughs) (laughs) That was one of my (laughs) go-to. Oh, we're all friends. That's... I'm a friend. I need a hug. There you go. (laughs) But I don't know why. I mean, at the time, it was on the radio. It was kind of just like this kind of vapid pop adult middle of the road type thing anyway but it's true nonetheless that if when you say goodbye to a christian friend because you're moving across the country or perhaps because they've passed away then you will see them again and this brings it right into the family so i, now, I like it now I'd, i wouldn't want someone to get though the misunderstanding as like if they're thinking in the wedding situation that you're talking about the union of husband and wife right you know that ends at death it does. That's a weird thing to think about, I have to admit, because like it seems like, well, wait a minute, I, I love my wife very, very much, and I, I love her more than everybody else, you know, and how will that not be so in heaven? And I just have to say, you know what, that's a mystery that will be figured out when I get there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, well, I think, too, if 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 if, if someone dies and you want to get remarried, you don't want it to be awkward. <laughs> right? Yeah. That's true. That is true. This is, this is my second wife. Would you like to meet her? <laughs> wow, she's cute. <laughs> you don't want that situation. You know, but then you can hang out with those Old Testament guys that had more than one wife. I mean. <laughs> yeah, how'd that work for them? I don't know. It was terrible. And I always tell my confirmation students that because I'm always telling them Old Testament stories because that's what my class is about. And I'm always reading about these guys that had more than one wife. And I tell them every single time, this was a disaster. It was not supposed to be this way. Anyway. All right. Uh, number six. The number six. We're going to just do six. Okay. Uh, is uh, man, I'll, I'll go with uh, <laughs> I'll go with six twenty. I, I want to do it. All depends on our possessing. There you go. Oh, so now I gotta look up the number. You gotta look up the number. It. He thinks it's six twenty twenty something. No, it's not. There doesn't seem to be. It all depends. All depends. Oh, sorry, I heard the word it. So. This is where I'm going to be in trouble because this TLH I'm holding is missing three pages. It skips from 844 to 847 uh, in uh, the index. And so yeah, have, you have to look. Typical this vicar. It's the yeah, hymnal's fault. Yeah, the hymnal has betrayed me. This hymnal, which you gave me, has deceived oh, me. Oh, wow. Look what you did there. 425. 425? What, does yours skip those pages too? Is it a misprint? Oh, sorry. Never mind. I see what you're saying. Don't just ignore me. What I just said made no sense whatsoever. Okay, four twenty-five. There's your opening. Do a cold opening with that, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> TLH four twenty-five. All depends on our possessing. Read the first verse for me. If Got you it. All depends on our possessing God's abundant grace and blessing. Though all earthly wealth depart, he who trusts with faith unshaken in his God is not forsaken. And error keeps a dauntless heart. Why do you think that would be good for a wedding? Why did I pick that one? Because it echoes the uh, for riches and for poverty part of the vow. I mean, it specifically talks about losing it all, right? Mm -hmm. All earthly wealth depart. You know, and actually I have that conversation with my wife at times. It's like we've been very blessed by God in in earthly possessions. And, And so every now and then I confirm with her like, 
we're still okay if like one day we've lost it all, right? Because <laughs> you never know. Right. <laughs> yeah, then you're just like every other pastor. <laughs> yeah. Like, then I'll just be poor we're, like everyone yeah, else. Yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're the financial, like for a lot of the pastors, I think I included, was we need to survive financially the kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Heather. You get that feeling, yeah. Peter? <laughs> we went through our poor phase for sure, but it was earlier... You know, because I came to the <laughs> seminary later in life, our poor phase just happens to have been a while ago now. <laughs> but we had one, a pretty bad one, actually. So, well, that is our, we're going to do the other six of the top 12 right. next time. Because uh, Peter's got to edit this, edit this tonight, and he looks exhausted. He looks exhausted. Yeah. We're, we're recording a podcast, guys. We're doing great. <laughs> you know how I can tell he's exhausted? Because the things that annoy him a little, I can see him and it annoys him a lot. Yeah. Like we went off topic, which I think we do every single time we ever sit in this recording studio. Right. And I think this time it really got to him. Right. <laughs> where, where I look at the screen, I say, boy, that visibly hurt his feelings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he may never forgive us. <laughs> Any comments, Pete? I, I plead the fifth. <laughs> All right. Well, that brings us to the conclusion of this show. We talk about baptism and wedding hymns. Yeah. So may your weddings have a full list of hymns and not just half. (laughs) (laughs) There's that look. Peter's doing it again. There it is. There's the look. Wasn't a very good closing (laughs) comment. (laughs) No poker face today. No. Uh, uh, may I'm Bullhagen. This is Vicar. And may your closings be short and clear. Thank you for joining us. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Questions, thoughts, concerns? You can contact us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast. On Twitter, at ClericalHeirsP for podcast, or email us at feedback at clericalheirs.org. Thanks for listening to Clerical Heirs. See you next time.